For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Something wicked has invaded the For Your Reconsideration pod. A door creaks open, lightning cracks, a shape occupies the shadows. What could it be? An insidious demon? The boogeyman? Oh God, what is it? Calm down, it's just a couple of cinema-loving chums. We're back and we're getting spooky. My name is James and I'm joined by Simon. How are you, sir? I'm great, James. I'm great. That was really nice. I like that intro. It was good. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Why is Rob not introed it this week? Where, where's where's this guy? Michael Miles got him. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, the spoilers are the title when you click to play, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I assume everyone just goes in blind and doesn't read any of the uh, blurb that I painstakingly put together every Sunday. But no, we've been away for a couple of weeks, haven't we? So it's good to, it's good to be back. I hope people haven't missed us too much. Or I hope they have. I don't know. Do we want people to miss us? I guess we do, don't we? Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, away gallivanting in California for two weeks. So, oh, you um, son of a bitch. So, sorry, everyone. And then, sadly, Rob can't join us this week for... He's feeling a bit under the weather, Yeah, shall we say. Bless him. I'm sure he'll give a full and frank prognosis of his condition on next week's pod. So oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. For. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he includes it in the uh, intro and it'll be the theme <laughs> of the intro. <laughs> But it is not our place to say uh, he's got horrendous hemorrhoids and he can't sit down to the cup <laughs> That is not our place to say we should not be saying anything on that matter. Oh, poor Rob. Can't even defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> not that he has much joy defending himself when he is here. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, to be fair. But yeah, we, we, so we have to change things up a bit this week. But uh, what have you been watching since we've been, as we've been away? No doubt you've hit the... D- Hit the twenties of films you've watched since we've since we've left. Yeah, not so much. I've been I've been quite busy work wise and stuff. I did go to the cinema a couple of times. I took in Ad Astra. Have you seen this yet, Simon? No, I, I'm I'm eager to see that. Actually, um, I love her famous Man in Space movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, it's Sad Brad confronts Space Dad gone bad as he can, so he can stop feeling sad. Right up my street. <laughs> it's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I really enjoyed the um, the Robert Pattinson one like a few months ago. Oh yeah, High Life, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I haven't seen the Gosling one. I haven't seen the um, Neil Armstrong one yet. That's on Now TV. I need yeah, to I need to catch up on that one as well, to be honest. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to, to watch it at Astro. I've, I'm hearing mixed things though. Seems to be like one what's dividing. Like critics love it, but people seem to be not so enthusiastic about it. I think, you know, have you seen any James Gray films before? Yeah, they're quite uh, long and... Yeah, this one's not too bad. It's only two hours, but it's more... It's a very internal sort of film, but with really great visuals. It's more about character than it is necessarily the plot. But uh, I was surprised there was more action in it than I expected there to be, but I was looking at the trailer afterwards and they seem to have sold it on a lot of action sequences, like it's some sort of adventure it is an adventure but it isn't as well it's more of a it, it, it's i don't want to spoil it for any of the listeners I, I would check it out though i think it's really good i really enjoyed it did was james gray the one who did that film where liam neeson punched a wolf in the face no that's uh joe carnahan oh, that's called right. the gray, the gray. Which there's is the confusion <laughs> I just wanted to say... Imagine James Gray directs The <laughs> yeah. Gray. I just, Lovely. I just wanted to say Liam Neeson punch a wolf in the face. 
I wanted to do that movie on this pod, but it doesn't qualify because it did okay at the box office and it's not rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? I really oh, like. I thought, yeah, it was yeah. a, I thought it was a shoo-in, but yeah, obviously not. No, right? no. Uh, I also um, watched uh, Ready or Not. Have you seen this, Simon? Uh, is that the, 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 the new horror movie, What's Knocking Around? Yeah, it's an absolute hoot. It's really funny. It's uh, a, a proper splatter fest with a brilliant lead performance from Samara Weaving, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good as well. So they're my two recommendations. Yeah, it looks good, that. I, I have heard good things about that. I've, I, as I as I said, I, I was away for two weeks, and the best thing I love about long-haul flights is you just get to um, sit there and watch movies like uninterrupted for like nine oh, hours. yeah. Yeah, and even though you know Chris Nolan must be like fuming that I really enjoy watching movies <laughs> on planes. As long as you're not watching any of his, I think it'd be all on, right. uh, on, on on tiny screens with really rubbish headphones. The two I wanted to mention was um, I watched uh, Free Solo, which I think you mentioned. Yes, a I few did. Yeah, yeah, ago. yeah. That's yeah. so good. That guy's a maniac. <laughs> oh, he's, he is. Yeah. Did you find him to be a bit of a dick as well? I, I thought he was a bit of a dick. I quite liked him, actually. I thought he was all right. <laughs> he, he, you could tell he's very much like a me, myself, and I sort of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If nobody else was around, he wouldn't care. Really. Yeah, <laughs> you, ha- you have to be really selfish to you know, to risk your life every time you do that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, but the, the rock climbing sequences are incredible, oh, it's aren't amazing. they? They're so good. And then I, I went to actually went to uh, Yosemite on this trip. Oh, great. So I was just great. stood at the bottom of... El Capitan, what he cl- I was just like, what? How has he done that? It's insane. Yeah. The the place is insane. Yeah. Did you see anyone climbing anything while you were there? There was a couple actually. We did see a few. You no, know I don't think anyone was free solo in it, but uh, we did see a few climbers. And is it as just sheer as it looks in the film? Like yeah. it's just a flat surface, pretty much all the way up. Yeah. So it's like a basin, and then just around all that, like a valley, and then it's just flat rocks just surrounding you it's it's quite amazing like you wake up in the morning and you look out and you're like oh it's like a painting yeah it's, cool it's, it's unbelievable it's really really cool it's an oh, nice. amazing place amazing place uh the second one was uh i was quite surprised actually i was sort of strong-armed into watching it by my missus uh rocket man the elton john biopic oh, i really want to see that i really I loved get, it I, I missed it when it was out and uh because unlike uh, your missus, my wife didn't want to go and watch it, so yeah. we didn't go. I really, really like. I'm not a fan of Elton John at all, or Are you even, not? Oh, or he's even got like some massive tunes. Oh no, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> he really has. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know the story of it. Like, I didn't know it was another guy who wrote his songs and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing, and then it's it's oh, like brilliant. a full blown musical as well. Is it? Oh so right, okay, great. Yeah, so it's 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 really well done. I think it's better than it's do, it's more adventurous and more interesting and more sort of visually appealing and there's a lot more going for it than the really beige Freddie Mercury one which came out last year to much fanfare. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think this one's better. I really do. Oh, great. Yeah. It's really Yeah, really I'll good. be checking that out when it hits uh home video. And um shout out to like Jamie Bell who is brilliant in it. So he plays Bernie Taupin who is the, the writer of all the songs. Yes. Yeah. And he's amazing in it. Like every I didn't scene, even know he was in it. I know that Richard Madden was in it. Yeah, Richard Madden was in it. Every scene, Jamie Bell's in it. Bottom lips going, just like on the verge of tears. Every, he is. Oh, he is amazing in it. He's, yeah, it's a really good film. I really enjoyed it. It's amazing. Oh, lovely. I'm, I mean, I wanted to see that now, but now with that ringing endorsement, I'm all over it. Right. So, as you've probably noticed, Simon, we're we're moving into October. 
it's everything's getting a bit spooky. The leaves are falling off the trees. <laughs> and we're going to start doing some some spooky movies this month, aren't we, I think? Yeah, let's make the most of, of October. Yeah, we're going to milk this. Uh, much like horror franchises themselves tend to milk their properties for all they're worth. So the film we're discussing tonight is the seventh in this particular franchise. And it got me to thinking, a lot of uh, sequels come out to horror films and it's the law of diminishing returns. They just keep cranking them out with different victims. But there have been some really good ones over the years. So what would you say are the best horror movie sequels? I'm going to be really like generic and, and pretty boring. but Because I'm... I think, as as you already know, uh, and maybe listeners you are, I'm not great with horror movies at all. <laughs> when I was younger, I had a, a really, really big fear of Freddy Krueger. I, 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 nightmares all the time. Like, yeah, cause yeah. I knew of him because as popular as it was, obviously not made for kids, it still sort of in, got into my sort of life as a child. Probably due to my nana. <laughs> <laughs> that was on nana's on the bottom shelf at nana's house. But I remember in my late teens, I sort of had therapy with my brother, and me and him we bought and watched the entire Nightmare on Elm Street box set <laughs> in a weekend for as like hardcore therapy, uh, and it totally worked. And I, I love those movies now; they're amazing. So I love those sequels, like most of those. Um, but I really love the second one, even though that's one. I seem to remember people didn't really like. Um, and three is good as well, Dream Warriors. That's yeah, I've heard Dream Warriors. I haven't seen that for a very, very long time. And they all sort of merge into one for me, uh, yeah. outside of the first one. Although I do love Wes Craven's new nightmare, you know, the meta one that he made. Oh, yeah, the way it's It was like really actors, ahead of its, it's time. The, <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. And I think another one, like, outside of that, 28 Weeks Later is really good. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's as good as 28 Days Later. I think it's really, a really, really good. Because it feels completely different. It does, yeah. It's a different in terms sort of, of film, isn't it? I how think. it's made. It's a different genre. Um, and it's made, you know, it's a bit more polished to it, isn't it? It's not as rough and ready as the Danny Boyle original, like the first one. But I think I really enjoyed it. It's a really good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one for a long, long time. Uh, I really like the original. The second one is a bit more, it's almost like the alien versus aliens is. dynamic, good, isn't it? They sort of just show, go actually. bigger, don't they? With more yeah. rage people. They're not zombies, are they? Danny Boyle gets upset when you yeah, call yeah. them zombies. <laughs> Even though they're written, they are zombies. They are. Uh, <laughs> rage people. It's a virus, James. It's a virus. It's a virus. No, they're not zombies. They're not zombies. They're not zombies. They're fucking zombies. They bite people. What What about you? What What, what are your favourite horror sequels? Yeah, I like... Um, so, uh, so, on the topic of zombies, so obviously you have George Romero's Dead series. So, um, oh, yeah, they're good. Dawn and Day of the Dead are both brilliant, really, really fantastic movies. Uh, I also quite like... I know we're not really talking reboots, but I really like the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. It's brilliant. It's, I, I'm I think like, it's better than the original Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> That's just losing subscribers. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. It's you know obviously it's got more money and you know more yeah, technology yeah, more behind polish. it and yeah, all stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But it's a bloody good sort of effort at remaking a classic, isn't it? It's yeah. really bloody good. And uh, one from this year, actually, uh, I like that. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen this. It came. It was a Blumhouse one that came out. Uh, uh, a year or two ago called Happy Death Day, uh, which is sort of like a time loop slasher uh, horror thriller comedy. Uh, and then the sequel came out earlier this year, Happy Death Day to You, which wasn't as successful. 
uh, as the first one in terms of box office, but it's really, really good. Really, really funny and inventive and not at all scary, but uh, it is a horror comedy. So yeah, I just plumb for that one as well. It's really good. Yeah, I've heard that's good. I, I, I hear it pop up on, on a few film other film podcasts now and again. I should really watch those. They sound... They sound a bunch of fun. They're fun. I don't think they. I don't think they're going to make any more of them. So it's just those two. So it's not like yeah. you have to commit yourself to eighteen movies in a series or anything <laughs> like that. But they are. Re- they are really, really fun. So um, obviously, Rob's not here. It was Rob's pick this week. So we're going to go into the Halloween stuff, as you say, James. So what is the film this week? Given the season, I thought it was only right that we picked a film from the Halloween franchise. So we're going with 1998's Halloween H2O, in which Michael, 20 years later, comes back to hunt down Laurie Strode and finish off what he started. (laughs) It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. We could have a roaming orgy. I love the way this man thinks. No booze, no drugs, no kidding. One teacher is living in fear. I'm not who you think I am. I changed my name when I went into hiding. That's terrible. Take off your clothes. My brother killed my sister. How'd he do that? With a really big kitchen knife. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. It's been 20 years. What's he waiting for, huh? Don't you think he would have shown up by now? What's going on, baby? I don't know. This is a sick joke. (laughs) Now. Come on! The face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. This summer, Terror won't be taking a vacation. Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. So, James, out of all the Halloween movies uh, we could have picked, because I'm sure there are a ton of ones what didn't go down well critically, uh, why did why did you go for this one? Uh, I really like this one. I remember liking it pretty much at the time. I don't know if I would have been old enough to see it when it first came out. I probably saw it around a friend's house, as it is an 18 in the UK. But I remember really enjoying it. It came out around the same time. I think it came out the year after Scream 2. Uh, so it was right in the middle of that slasher boom in the end of the 90s. And I think it's a really solid slasher movie, and it's uh, nice and brisk at a a cool 83 minutes. And yeah, I'm a big fan of this franchise. The first film, uh, the John Carpenter directed original is unbelievable. Just a brilliant, brilliant film. And it's always suffered uh, by the law of uh, diminishing returns until it came to this one, where I thought this was the first one that was made in the same sort of spirit as the original and sort of hark back to what 
made the original so good in the first place. Not always, uh, not as successfully. Uh, it isn't a patch on John Carpenter's film, but I think it's made in the right spirit. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I exactly the same as you. I remember I watched this with my brother. Um, there's a part where we watch horror movies together. <laughs> yeah, I remember when it when it first came out, and again, I you know I would have only been twelve when this came out. <laughs> I remember really enjoying it as well. And I think one of the reasons I enjoyed it, like what or wanted to watch it was because LL Cool J was in it. Yes. <laughs> it was like a big love I loved my uh, hip hop back then. I mean I still do, but um yeah, big fan of LL Cool J. Did you ever used to watch LL Cool J's after school sort of uh sitcom? In the house. In the house. Yeah, of course yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the house. Where he was a chef was he a cook or something? Like well, an in in house cook for this no, family. He started off as like a, a retired a uh, quarterback called Marion, which is great that he's that, that was the name that they picked for LL. And then all of a sudden they just sort of they sort of did away with that. And he had like house guests basically. That's why that, it was called in the no, house. That yeah, is yeah. what it was. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. mixed up with it. He was a chef in, in uh, the old podcast favourite Deep Blue Sea, wasn't he? I know, yeah, which okay. we still haven't I'm, done yet. We're gonna have I'm to do be- that at some point. We keep teasing it. <laughs> I I'm uh, I'm 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 blending my cross referencing my LL Cool J <laughs> memories. Um yeah, I, I remember really loving it. I thought it was it was good, especially for someone who doesn't like horror movies that much. I was like, yeah, I can, I, I like this. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was exactly the sort of the medium vibe horror I, I was I was looking for. Yeah, I'd say that. I wouldn't say it was massively scary. This one, but it's got some good little jump scares in there, and and I think it is a good entry point into the sort of the slasher genre, and then you can go back and look through the rest of the franchise. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to have seen any of the others to watch this. And this one's not even canon anymore since they made the new sequel. Well, this yeah, one's been yeah. retconned now. There's, there's so, because this retconned four, five and six as well, didn't it? Like this just sort yeah. of uh, got rid of those as well. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a bit of a mess, the old Halloween timeline. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so why, like, how does it qualify? Um, is it box office? How did it do box office wise? Box office, it did uh, really quite well, actually. Given uh, which is probably not massively surprising, given that films of this type were doing really well. Um, you know, in the in the back of the nineties, you had the Scream franchise. Obviously, I know what you did last summer. Uh, this thrown in the mix as well. So slasher movies were really all the rage in the nineties. So this did really well. Uh, Seventeen million budget made fifty five million. So good uh, business. Yeah, and then good when return in it. And then when it came out on video and DVD, it grossed over 21 million as well oh, on wow. home video. So, yeah, did really well. Weirdly, this one came out on August the 5th. Now, I'm not a marketing genius, <laughs> right? But what month wow. do you think would be best to put a Halloween film out? I don't know, mate. Nothing, <laughs> nothing springs to mind. Immediately springs to mind. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe it didn't come out. <laughs> Apparently that's the first time. It must have been, and I, I haven't checked this, uh, but I'm speculating. They must have, because this is a Dimension movie, so it's uh, Bob and uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, Boom, yes. oh, the real yeah. monsters of the movie. So they must have had a, a good experience putting maybe a scream out or something like that during during that August period when most of the blockbusters have have gone but yeah it seems odd i mean it doesn't seem to have hurt the box office it just seems like an odd choice to me was scream dimension as well yeah yeah and probably i'd have to check but i bet i know what you did last summer was as well because it's very in the same tone as scream isn't it this one like it's got the same 
like it's high school. So it's mostly set in a high school. Uh, yeah, it's got the sort of schlocky jump scares. Yeah, uh, yeah, which yeah. aren't really anything. Which I guess Scream was pastiching in the fir- the original Halloween in the first place. So it's kind of like a a nice full circle to it all. Yeah, definitely. It looks to, uh, well. If you uh, I don't know if you noticed on the credits, it has uh, Kevin Williamson down as a executive producer. So this is based on a treatment that he wrote for Halloween, and obviously he'd written the Scream movies as as well as right. Dawson's Creek. Uh, <laughs> Good CV. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was very much the screamification of the Halloween franchise. So I assume that the Weinsteins just went, oh, well, you know, let's do with Halloween what we did with Scream and we'll just put some, like, smart-talking teenagers in there and then we'll throw Michael Myers into the mix and we'll get Jamie Lee Curtis back as well. So it's it works on paper, definitely. Yeah, you can definitely see why it did well at the box office. I think bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis after a bunch of sort of which I guess were just like video shop sequels. I don't, you know, they may have come out in the cinema, but I doubt they come out in the cinema to any fanfare, really. I remember yeah, yeah. Um, the one before this was, which which one was it? Halloween 6 with Paul Rudd in it. That's the one with Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah uh, which again, I love. I remember watching that on VHS and absolutely loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, well, yeah, this one's the first one that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has been in since the Halloween 2 that came out in the early 80s. And now that one's not even in the bloody continuity anymore. Yeah. Like, it's literally just Halloween and then another movie called Halloween that came out last year. Yeah, because her being in it's obviously going to contribute a bit of buzz, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah, no, yeah, no surprises that um, that it did really well. So where it does qualify, James, is the critical reception, obviously. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, oh. Hit us with it, hit us with it, Simon. It's, it's very much on the nose. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes got it at 52% critical and a lower 49 percent for the audience which is quite surprising i found that quite surprising yeah i do have a theory on that but we'll talk about that when we get into the film itself but um yeah yeah i I think because i think anyway carry on mate i'm I'm sort of i'm i'm no no it's fine fine. i'm sure i'm jumping ahead no we so we got uh just to, to round this out so metacritic also 52 with a user score of seven on there so that's a lot higher yeah letterboxd is a lowly 2.8 which is, which is you know a lot lower than our usual three point five for the old letterbox yeah, scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good one, a really good positive review from our mates at the San Francisco Chronicle. It's, <laughs> it's not Mick LaSalle, sadly, uh, oh, but his no. his colleague Bob Graham, who gave it. A Mick fun- must have been off that. Yeah, week. he must have been. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's like Mick LaSalle's like alter ego. Uh, <laughs> he was he was in hiding at the time, so he had a little he had a pen name. <laughs> He's in the witness protection book. <laughs> uh, he gave it a full five stars and said it was um, not a routine cut-and-paste horror, but a full-fledged revenge fantasy and a completely satisfying one at that. What are they on about in that office at all? Like, <laughs> they are all over the place. I like this film, but I wouldn't give it five no, stars. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, there's a, a lot of the critics, are, you know, the ones on the positive side are saying how it's good because it's more of a character study than a horror film because it's most of the film is about, we'll get into this, but most of the film is about Laurie Strode trying to have a new life as someone else uh, away from the horrors of when she was 17. Yes. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the positive things are saying it's good how it's, it's, it's more of a mental drama about her than 
a, a straight out slasher horror movie. Yeah, definitely. No, no, that's that's great. And uh, me and you, we saw the uh, we saw the most recent one, didn't we? Last we year? did. We went to the cinema together to watch that gorgeous mandate. And when I was watching this one, I was like, I'd forgotten how many of the ideas from this one are sort of expanded in the new one in terms of Laurie being a completely broken person as a result. She's not as broken in this particular iteration as she is in the new one. But that was really interesting to me that they sort of took that same thread. Yeah, because in, in this one, uh, so, we, you know, we may as well go, jump jump into the film then, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, in, let's uh, get into it. Because in this one, she's got a son, whereas in the, the new one, it's a daughter, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no Josh Hartnett in there's the new no, one. There's no sexy Josh Hartnett, which it looks like it was his first film because he's got an introducing credit on the opening Yeah, credits. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> So this was before the faculty. I was just about to ask this. He's got. Do you think he walked straight off this set and onto the set of the faculty because he's got exactly the same haircut. exactly the same character as well, <laughs> like the rebellious, handsome uh, schoolboy? Uh, the only difference in this one, he's got a uniform on, and the other one, he's. Uh, He's, he's a bit more rebellious. I love the faculty. The faculty's great. Yeah, that's good. That'll probably qualify as well. <laughs> Again, what, did that did that do bad, though? I don't know. I don't know if it's critically revered or not. That's a Dimension movie as well. Is like, it? God, they were all the rage then. That's Robert Rodriguez, that, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They made him make that one, and we're going off on a tangent here. Uh, he wanted to make something else, and they said they'd only fund that one if he made one for them, basically, and they picked the faculty for him. I think that might be a Kevin Williamson script as well, actually. It definitely fits the mould, doesn't it, of this? As, yeah, yeah. Uh, as you say, this like uh, mid to late 90s uh, rejuvenation of the slasher movies of the 70s. Yeah, it definitely fits that mould. Uh, no, although it's not obviously a slasher movie, it's it's alien invasion movie, but yeah. it fits the tone of, a, of these sort of flicks, doesn't it? Yeah, the fuck yeah, is definitely. Love that. that was one I really liked as a teenager. I'd be interested to watch that one again and see if it holds up as well as I remember. Just the, the, before this turns into a faculty podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a really good bit in that where um, they're all getting like, because Josh Hartness is a drug dealer and they're all having the drugs and Elijah Wood's a bit stoned. And it's kind of like the thing, isn't it, where they're like, if you have the drugs, it's going to expose who the alien is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Elijah Wood's just baked out of his face and he goes, two people have to take it. And he's like, ooh, showdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we, should we just bin this off and go watch, just the, go watch the faculty? <laughs> yeah, faculty's great. Yeah, watch the faculty, guys. <laughs> Hi, I'm Court Dunn, and I'm the host of the Writer Experience Podcast, a weekly podcast where we talk to writers and creative professionals about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Our guests include comic book writers, screenwriters, novelists, TV writers and showrunners, poets, and actors. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And of course, on the Flickering Myth Podcast Network at flickeringmyth.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you there. We see lovely, familiar-faced, fresh-faced Joseph Gordon-Levitt look as a, as oh, a little yeah, skater, dick, ice skater, yeah. like ice hockey guy. I was just like, oh, I to- didn't realise he was in this. Yeah, no, he's very, very young, isn't he? He's literally straight off uh, Third Rock from the Sun, isn't he, and into this. <laughs> he is. I've just remembered, actually, I 
did say this comes after the introducing Joss Hartley. This actually becomes before that because I found yes. it really, really funny. So this is the prologue to the movie with where um, I, 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 is she a nurse or something comes home? Yeah, or... she's. Uh, I think she is supposed to be, and I'd have to double check this. So in the very first Halloween, Loomis has a uh, Doctor Loomis has a who's been in charge of Michael Myers' psychiatric care since he was a child and doing a terrible job. Um, I think she's supposed to be one of his nurses. She does look familiar. Like she, yeah, she's yeah. like, you know, she was in one of the originals and she's obviously got a bit older now. She does look familiar. And I, you know, if you're a big fan of the of the originals, I'm, I guess we have to chat. I'm pretty confident she was in the originals. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely a nurse, isn't she? Uh, all that I think is weird about that is that why would you have a framed picture of your employer in your house? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You mean you don't have a framed? <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got a room devoted to my ex-employees oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the paperwork for all of the patients. That he's yeah, previously. yeah. <laughs> Michael Myers obviously goes to her house to get information, doesn't he, on the whereabouts of? Laurie Strode. Is that what that is? Is yeah. that why he goes there? Yeah, so he's been in hiding for 20 years, hasn't he? Like, um, at the end of Halloween 2, didn't get set on fire or something. And, you know, he's he's not, he's just re-emerged, basically, and decides that he really got a hankering for, finish, uh, for killing Laurie Strode. So he breaks into this nurse's house. She returns home from work, see that the house has been broken into, and he goes through and grabs all the files. Uh, and then she turns to Joseph Gordon-Levitt for help, which is not a good idea, to be perfectly honest, particularly for him. <laughs> well, no, not for him. I love how he, cause he... So he checks the house and then he he's, he gets a few little scares, but he doesn't really see anything. Yeah. And then he swings his hockey stick around and smashes up a kitchen. And then he, when he goes outside to tell her everything's all right, and then he's like, oh, yeah, he, he ransacked your office. Um, and then he twigs and goes, oh, yeah, he wrecked your kitchen as well for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> to cover his ass because he smashed up a pots and pans with his, with his big hockey stick. And stole beer as well, the little shit. And stole beer. Well, what a little shit. Well, he gets his comeuppance, doesn't he? Uh, very soon. He certainly does. Um, the nurse goes back into the house and uh, everything's getting a bit creepy. So she runs next door. She thinks there's someone in the house to find Gordon Levitt with an ice hockey skate embedded in his face. <laughs> Which is pretty good makeup, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, really, really, really good makeup on that bit. And then she sees the other guy he was with as well has got his, his knife in the back, so Michael Myers is obviously about. Yeah. Does he slit her throat at the door? She's like shouting at the police and then he slits her throat. Yeah, the police arrive to investigate the burglary in her house and she's trying to scream out to them, isn't she, from the window of the neighbouring house where Joseph Gordon-Levitt lives. And uh, she's not able to because Michael Myers slits her throat with a big old kitchen knife, as is he wants. Uh, I tell you what I did quite enjoy about this cold open. So the film's directed by Steve Miner, who is a mainly a TV director, but he's also a bit of a horror guy. So he directed Friday the 13th, part two and three. Yeah. And is the hockey skate in the face a little subtle nod because Jason obviously wears a yeah. hockey mask? Well, it? that because when, <laughs> yeah. when she uh, gets a bit spooked and goes out the door, it's uh, she sees a man in a hockey... It's, it's a dude in a hockey mask, isn't it? Oh, of course so, it yeah, is. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, 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 it must be. Absolutely. A little cheeky yeah, nod. That's little a good cheeky one, nod that. there. Why not? That's one for the fans. Just look at... Uh, the, the nurse is, in fact, Nancy Stevens, who was in the... Who, as you say, James, was a nurse in the original Halloween movies. 
Um, so, oh, brilliant. But that's a good little nod to the fans. Bit of fan service. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, poor her, you know, she's obviously dedicated to her job, got a framed picture of her employer <laughs> in her house. And what does she get for it? She gets her throat. The, yeah, well, the, the, this film could have gone one of two ways. A nice hallmark romantic movie where she, uh, her, her undying love for the doctor she worked for. Or this horror slasher movie where it starts where she gets her, her throat slit in a really old school style as well where, you know, it's really basic effects, isn't it? Where it's just that old yeah, like, yeah. squidgy. Did you ever go to Granada Studios tour as a kid? No, I didn't. My mum and dad wouldn't take me there. What? Past. Oh my god! I, I went to Grand Studios yeah. all the time. It was brilliant. But there was a there was a magic show in that, and I had two guys, and he and uh, one of them cut his arm with a knife, and he and he showed you how to blood blood pack on the back, and when you stroke it across your arm, you squeeze the blood pack, and it looks like it it's it's slicing you. And that's exactly what this effect was. Really, really basic. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Not the effect, the the tour. Oh, mate, Grand Studio yeah. tour was banging. I absolutely love that place. I can't believe it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's bloody shut now. <laughs> You'll never get to experience it. <laughs> I know, I can never go. Go it's in. gone forever. All you get is my really half-assed tails. <laughs> <laughs> and then a dissing, a passive-aggressive diss of the guy's demonstration. <laughs> Uh, so uh, so yeah then, then the name credits do come in then and then this is where we do yeah. get the introduction Josh Hartner and Jamie Lee Curtis and LL Cool J what a, Michelle Williams is in it it's pretty good what a it's cast. a pretty good cast list isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um, and then and then Janet Lee Janet Lee's in it and then it's really funny how it then says uh, and featuring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and you're like well he's already dead so <laughs> Not anymore, it is. <laughs> what did you think of the little bit of the uh, remix of the classic Halloween theme over the over the opening titles? Not my favourite. I must admit, I prefer the sparse yeah, John Carpenter I'd, version. Like I felt like I was waiting for the theme tune the whole time in this movie, and it never really came. I I, I can't remember the score to be honest. I think so. It's it's one of those which is sort of in the background, and then the yeah this remix at the start. It's just very 90s, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. And oh, so there's a bit of controversy over the score, according to the IMDb. So John Ottman is the composer. He's also Brian Singer's editor, so I guess that work is going to dry up for him, which is a bit rubbish. So the majority of John Ottman's original score was rejected late into post-production and replaced with Marco Beltrami's Ah. scores to Scream, Scream 2 and Mimic. Wow. Uh, The producers wanted a darker, more Scream-like score, while Ottman's score wasn't enough to fit the bill. Some of what remained of Ottman's score was heavily edited and often was used for scenes for which they were not originally intended. Well, that makes very much because um, this week I didn't, uh, I didn't have a sneak peek at the trivia page this week. So that's quite interesting because for me the score was so in the background and not a focal point at all, which is yeah, yeah. the opposite of what the original Halloween movies were because the score was such a vital part of yeah, definitely building up the tension, wasn't it for those? Yeah, but I guess if you've not got John Carpenter on the on the keys, then what's the point? <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, uh, the only thing, the only issue. I mean, it works still the the Halloween theme, but then they they bring more like strings into the background and things like that. And I just think you don't mess with perfection. Yeah, really. Yeah. That theme is one of the best in in film history, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah, there's no need to, uh, you know, people coming in and thinking they can do a better job. I'm I'm not up for that. Yeah, no, dead right. So, but yeah, that's it. That's interesting that the the score is just um. 
totally swept under the couch. A mishmash from yeah. other horror movies that Dimension happened to own. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, uh, at this point we then get um, we do get introed. It's actually there's a there's an intro sequence where it's sort of going over the the notes in the house and. Um, it's it's supposed to be Donald Pleasance, but sadly Donald Pleasance wasn't with us at this time. Yeah. What's the Doctor called he played in the originals? Loomis. Loomis. So yeah, it's uh, supposed to be Loomis. Flashbacks of him talking about Michael Myers and, and the history of it all before we're then introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis with um, her gorgeous uh, Karen hair. <laughs> no, say like you're, you're the people who complain to the manager in uh, restaurants and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> who asks to see the manager. Uh, that's what Jamie Lee Curtis looks like. It was really funny about this. I'm just totally going to go in on my family here. Um, I, I, have a, I have an auntie Karen who is basically exactly what that, um, <laughs> the, that meme is. She's got the short hair and she very much does complain to the manager on a regular basis. Hi, auntie uh, Karen. Not my auntie Karen. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I love you, Auntie Karen, but it's quite funny how accurate the the meme is. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, so Laurie wakes up with a crisp new hairdo, but she's not having a good time. Uh, she's having a massive nightmare, isn't she? And Josh Hartnett comes rushing in like a dutiful son and goes to the pill cupboard and gets something <laughs> for her to level her out. Again, like his character in the faculty, just like d- d- dealing out the drugs to <laughs> make people feel mellow. I like to think it is the same character, basically, that he just, after the incidents of this film, he's just like, I'm going to public school now. I'm not going to this fancy preppy school. <laughs> it's too dangerous. What a good double bill, like Halloween double bill. <laughs> uh, messy haired Josh Hartnett Halloween double bill. <laughs> this and the faculty. Well, good. And anyway, he wants to go to, oh, as you mentioned earlier, he wants to go to Yosemite and there's a school trip going there and he wants to go and his mum doesn't want him to go because she's uh, super overprotective of him. Uh, and is it, would he be right in wanting to go to Yosemite National Park, Si? Oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> When I was walking around uh, with Jess, my lovely other half, we, we saw a bunch of school kids just like running amok amongst the place. And I said to her, I was like, wouldn't this be the most fun place to be with your mates as a 12-year-old? Yeah. I know Josh Hartnett's like 17 in this, but as a kid, it'd be so much fun. You just There'd be loads of you. You'd just be getting up to no good. You'd sneak some beers somewhere. Oh, yeah, it'd be wicked. So, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, this is, this is a uh, 90s um, horror film where, well, they were all promiscuous in the 70s horror films, weren't they? So They were, yeah. As a very promiscuous teenagers knocking around in Yosemite is primed for a bit of a bit of filth, <laughs> <laughs> bit of bit of canoodling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So basically, he's told that he can't go, and neither can his girlfriend, played by Michelle Williams, which he's chuffed about. And then the kid from Jumanji also he decides that he doesn't want to go. Yeah, he's his mate. Adam Adam Hanbird is is his mate, and uh, again. Yeah. Uh, the, another going in on my family uh, reference. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Adam had Bird as Alan Parrish in Alan Parrish in Jumanji as a young Alan Parrish in Jumanji. It's really funny because he looks exactly like my dad when my dad was a kid. Me and my brother unearthed this photo <laughs> of uh, my dad as a child, and we were just like, "Oh, it's the kid out of Jumanji." Oh. 
And there was there was a period where where me and my bro would call my dad like every now and again. We'd just go, oh, Jumanji. And he didn't like it. And he was like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't look like Robin Williams. And we are like, no, no, no. No, it's not him. And then we we played it to him, played the film to him. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't look. And then he looked and clocked the guy and just like stopped stone dead. And was like, I don't look like... Oh yeah, and then he realised like, it's like fear in his eyes, like he'd seen a younger version of himself. <laughs> he looks exactly like. Him. He just starts having an existential yeah, crisis right before like, you. Where is the time gone? <laughs> what what year is it? <laughs> Was I in the jungle? <laughs> very very funny. Sorry, a segue. Another family based segue. Lovely, lovely. Your family getting absolutely two-footed on I this. I know, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jumanji boy, he's a bit of a horny little shit, isn't he? And he wants to stay yeah. on the school grounds with his girlfriend as well. So they could all have a romantic dinner in the creepiest place ever on campus <laughs> while everyone else is away at Yosemite. Um, so anyway, the plot sort of goes on. From there, doesn't it? And it, it is strange. Like, we don't get a lot of Michael Myers in this, outside of the cold open. We don't really, really get a lot don't. of him in the first 45 minutes. It's very much about establishing where Laurie is at now, her relationships, and sort of the dynamic between the kids and the school. And yeah, it's just... Um, I, perhaps, this is where my theory comes in as to why audiences perhaps didn't connect with it so much, is because... If you're going into this film and you've got no prior knowledge of the of the films that have come before, perhaps you're wondering, like, I thought this was a horror film. Why isn't anything yeah. happening? Whereas they do actually want to spend some time with the characters. And this is only a short film. It's only 83 minutes long. Mm. But I imagine if you're not in, invested in Laurie as a character and Michael and their particular battles over the in the previous films, perhaps you're not going to connect enough and you're just wondering... Why is nothing happening in this first forty minutes in terms of scares? Yeah, apart from the odd jump scare here and there, because the fake outs. The only time you see him really is the fake outs, as you say, and it, it's basically just um, a result of Laurie's PTSD, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. she's that. That's what this whole first half of the film is basically. Well, even more than that, really, first two thirds of it are about her uh, suffering with this PTSD, yeah. trying not it to let her affect her new life she's built. Um, I'm with you on that because having known and seen the original Halloweens, I, I like, this is why I like this film, I think, because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really good seeing this, that, you know, what happens after the credits roll of the original ones. And, and that is basically what this first hour of this film is. Yeah. And then now and again, you've got the odd flash to, um, to Michael Myers. Yeah, like when he he steals a car, doesn't he? And you think he's in a, a rest stop. You think he's potentially going to yeah. do something awful to a uh, a child and her mother, but he just nicks their car instead. Why then... do Why does he love going to public toilets? Because I think this is like the fourth <laughs> film where he's gone into a public toilet. It's in the new one as well. Isn't it's it? in the new one. Yeah, it's definitely in the Paul Rudd one. I definitely remember <laughs> it being in the Paul Rudd one. I imagine just he's go, picking, just... I imagine he's picking up guys and then. <laughs> 
That's why he's been away for so long. Like when it, he's been so successful, like cottaging in, in and around California, that the the one time he's unsuccessful, he's like, "Oh yeah, shit, uh, Laurie, I should go get her." Really. Yeah, yeah. He went, he went on a bit of a dry spell, and it means that now he's got to start murdering again. <laughs> cottaging was big in the nineties. I'd say that's just George like, Michael. He did a whole song about it. <laughs> God rest his soul. Oh, God rest R- R.I.P. George. It is quite interesting for a horror movie to basically have uh, the vast majority of its scares to be complete fake-outs with just the old violin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in this first 45 minutes, what we get is we get... Uh, is we get Laurie, as you said, dealing with the PTSD. She's, she's obviously got... Uh, issues with alcohol as well, which is brilliant. And she, when she does an anti-Karen scene, when she goes for the um, for lunch with her new partner, shall we call him? Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he may as well be called Dead Meat because, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like he's it's, not making it through. It's either him or LL Cool J are getting killed pretty soon, isn't it? So you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's really. Ag- passive aggressive with that fella at the cafe interview because she asked for another shard, a glass of Chardonnay when, <laughs> when it's lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, she's gulping it down. I mean, me and you, we're British, like we're just like, well, yeah, yeah, you're just stocking up, aren't you? <laughs> pretty standard. <laughs> like, pretty standard. Surprise. Two glasses of wine yeah. at lunchtime, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I had that today. Your beef chief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he's like, I mean, does he? Surely he's working for tips. Like, does he really want to be staged in an intervention and <laughs> the stage and not, and not trying to get his full uh, 20% or whatever the tipping was back in 1990? <laughs> well, I mean, he's certainly not getting, getting that tip, is he? <laughs> no, no. This just like, like moles on to, is it like the 50, 50 minute mark? We were introduced to LL Cool J, or Ladies Love Cool James. Yeah. He's a security guard in the high school and aspiring author. Um, it's yes. a shame Rob isn't like on Robert me. Parker. He writes erotic <laughs> fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame Rob uh, isn't around here to to give uh, ladies love Cool James uh, some some tips on on yeah Rob. some career advice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, so this was obviously his performance in this film scored him the role of uh, the chef in the second best shark movie of all time. So, yeah. <laughs> so his appearance is well worthwhile in Halloween H two O. He's actually yeah. quite good at it. He's, he's he's a good comic relief, isn't he? He's a- he is. Yeah, he is very much the comic relief uh, because what he's doing is he's sat in the little security shack at the gate. I mean, he's terrible at his job. Let's, let's have <laughs> it right. Like, just lets out the the son of the headmistress. Like, yeah. it's like you idiot. He gets outsmarted by Michael Myers, who's mute and has been incarcerated for most of his life <laughs> um and he spends all of his time reading erotic fiction to his wife down the phone, down the phone. <laughs> who we never see i'm just uh, the, the the woman who was uh, the the voice who played the voice of uh l cool j's missus didn't even get a didn't even get an appearance such a shame no she's just a down the phone uh voice actor isn't she yeah um josh hartner goes into town and at this point Jamie Lee Curtis, sorry, Laurie Strode sort of gives him permission to, she she realises she has to let him off the leash a bit. Um, so she gives him permission to go to Yosemite, but he doesn't go with his seedy mate who couldn't go because he was in trouble. Yeah. So they all stay behind. Because they all think they're going to have a big gangbang. Dirty orgy in, yeah. <laughs> in the bowels of the school. <laughs> 
Now these are sex people. <laughs> As their scream suggested, you know, if you're going to be promiscuous, you're going to get you're going to get iced. Yeah. Uh, in these sorts of movies. And this is where it sort of then cranks into the horror movie thing, isn't it? So it after, does, after yeah, about yeah. the hour mark, we get into the it's, night falls and yeah. the kids are in the school and Laurie's with her fella and she thinks they've all gone. Yeah. And then I think it's at this point as well like where, where it properly switches when she realises that, because uh, before all this, Josh Hartnett's like, he's not been back for 20 years. Why is he going to come back now? Yeah, and then she read the coincidence is that um, her son is seventeen, has just turned seventeen. You you see this? He's got an old birthday card from his estranged father. So it's like, oh shit! There's the link. That's why he's back because the member of his family's seventeen again. Not to be confused with the Zac Efron uh, Chandler Bing epic. <laughs> um, Stay tuned for that one. Oh, that must come on this one. That must come on this one. I've never seen it. Oh, it's that's my next choice, James. That is my next choice if you haven't seen it. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for that movie, right? And obviously Zac Efron was a big star at the time. And I just remember watching it and feeling really sorry for Matthew Perry. It's like, <laughs> you were one of the most famous people in the world and now you're the bookends what of a Zac Efron like, movie. Feeling sorry for <laughs> Like, they're suggesting Zac Efron grows up to look like Chandler Bing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Could I don't... be any more disappointed? <laughs> we're definitely reviewing that. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's, and then she realised, so... Laurie tries to ring and she realizes that he's, you know, he's not there. And this is where Michael Myers then comes in and kills old Alan Parrish slash my dad as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Which must have been particularly harrowing. (laughs) Shoves him in a dumb waiter. What I think is he keeps talking about being promiscuous, but he doesn't actually get the opportunity to do it. No, like, yeah, that's true. D- yeah, yeah. Well, not on screen anyway. Like it's implied that you yeah. know they're all in proper, you know, uh, they're all sexually active. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when we first with this reveal, right? I had a problem with this reveal because <laughs> it's the first time we see him like in the flesh. Because the only time we've really seen him is in reflections, or yeah, I think yeah, Michelle, Michelle Williams is, yeah. glances at him through a gate, or yeah, yeah, when they do a call back to the shot of the famous yeah. shot in the original Halloween when she's in class, yeah, yeah, or when Laurie Strode is imagining him. This is the first sort of like shit he's actually here now. Yeah, why has he got makeup on his mask? I don't. It, He's got like toner on. He's got like a bit of blue on the cheekbones. He's trying to bring lift out his his cheekbones a bit and his chin. Oh. It's just like, oh, what? This looks stupid. It's an absolute comedy of errors with this bloody mask, Simon. So basically, they ended up using four different masks during right, the course right. of this film. It really shows, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it, it never looks quite right, I don't think. Like, it's just supposed to be a William Shatner mask turned inside out. That's all it's supposed to be. So, yeah, there was four different masks here. There was one built by this guy called uh, John Carl Buechler uh, that resembled one from Halloween 6, so a bit of commu- uh, continuity. But then they decided that they were retconning ha- Halloween 6, so that didn't make sense anymore. And they weren't satisfied with that. So they got Greg Nicotero to make a new mask. 
and then filming resumed using that one. They didn't go back and sh- reshoot the bits that they'd shot with the other <laughs> just, No one will notice. No one will notice. It's not like there's going to be two Mancunians doing a podcast about this <laughs> film in 20 years. Yeah, no one's going to talk. We're going to make our money and then that's going to be it. No one will speak of this film again. <laughs> yeah. And then, mysteriously, for no particular reason, this mask was then replaced by another one. And at one point, a CGI mask is also used. So I didn't God notice that. Where was up. the CGI mask? It doesn't say oh, within here. But I did not it? notice that. <laughs> so, oh, so, man, yeah. I'm disappointed. They're just like, I'll that. just put a fucking mask on him. <laughs> right, let's go to work. It is It is a bit weird because his hair gets like really short and really long and keeps changing length. It's like... It's is all this, over the shop, is it? this one murderer or are they do the scream thing and it's two of them? It's actually two murderers. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really weird. I bet they were tempted to do that, you know. I bet they were tempted to try and... Because I, I remember when I first saw this, and I don't know if I'd been conditioned from watching the first two Scream films or not, but I was certain that the uh, that Counselor Dead Meat, who Laurie is shacking up with... I assumed that it was going to be like a uh, a fake out, and he was going to turn out to be like a yeah. Michael Myers type co- copycat yeah. killer. They definitely sort of suggest that, doesn't it? Because he, whenever she imagines him and sees him, it is turns out to be him, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, so and he does... keeps fucking sneaking up on her like a creepy yeah. fucker as well. That's <laughs> very Scream, isn't it? It, it yeah, is. Yeah. It is very, very on tone with Scream. And then, yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. like. I don't know about you, but did you notice how brown it was? Everything was yes. really, really brown. <laughs> Is that what that particular part of California looks like? Just everything very brown. leafy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, basically, it's just like Hogwarts for twats. This place, isn't it? Like... <laughs> and Del Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he hates everyone who works. He, he hates it there. Anyway, you can tell. He yeah. can't wait to get some of this smutty literature yeah. in bookstores and take get the off, hell out yeah. of there. <laughs> but like, again, it's sort of like it, it could play into that two-killer theory you've got because then he's... Yeah, yeah. This, old, this uh, chap shoots poor LL, thinking he's Michael Myers. I know, yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, what, why has he shot him? Uh, but then he quickly gets his comeuppance for shooting the most romantic rapper of all time. <laughs> he gets skewered good and proper. Yeah, and then- so we should say at this point that, um, at this point, haven't, uh, the, so Jumanji and his girlfriend have both been skewered, haven't they? They have, so, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He's in, been found in the dumb way to buy her. She manages to escape and then she gets properly killed off. Oh, in, yeah, like, one of the most. That. Yeah, it's one of the most brutal kills in the, in the, the body count isn't that high in this, just the seven. Yeah. Which is just the seven. Just the seven. Like <laughs> Compared to modern day horror yeah, films. Yeah. That, yeah. But what's always struck me with Michael Myers was someone who's just like, you know, systematically goes around stabbing people. He does have a bit of a flair for the theatrics, doesn't he? Because he does turn her into a lampshade at <laughs> one point for yeah, Josh Hartner yeah. and Michelle Williams to discover. Like, she's just hanging there like a jack-o'-lantern with a bulb going through her mouth into her <laughs> chest, like... He's a right, he's a right, he's a bit weird. Yeah, he's a bit weird, he is a bit, isn't he? He's a wrong gun, he's a wrong gun. <laughs> he's a proper wrong gun. But the, the, make, the makeup on the, this bit is really good. Like, when a leg, because yeah. a leg gets trapped in the dumbway, doesn't it? Yeah. And does, it gets yeah. proper snapped, and then it there's a really gratuitous close-up of it, and it's really bloody gory and really yeah. well done. And they, it, it kind of, it's like a 25-minute reign of chaos, isn't it, really? Yeah, this last 25 minutes is just an absolute hoot 
If you, yeah. you know, this it's like a slow build up to this point, and then it's just non-stop for like it's just one sustained chase sequence or action sequence of Michael chases after everyone, kills a few of them, and then they manage to just barely escape. Laurie gets the kids to safety, uh, but then she decides that she's not going to run anymore. And she's going to take the fight back to Michael, doesn't she? So she gets the kids out of the school mm. after her and picks up an axe and decides to to go after him, basically. Yeah, and she she gets a bit like sort of nails at this point because she just she just really wants to rid of him, like because she's yeah, she's, yeah. Had, she's had enough of his shit. Yeah, as you would. Yeah, and it does <laughs> it, it does sort of like come to a close really quick because you think L Cool J's dead because he's been shot. By I forgot what the character's name is. Um, her fella, Councillor Deadmeat. We'll just yeah, call him. Councilor he's Deadmeat. dead now, anyway. This so, so he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And then she, so she chucks him over a bar. She she challenges Myers and she chucks him over the balcony and she's about to finish him off. And oh, cool, Jay yeah, yeah. Sort of stops it. Um, and then it's that old classic, like, oh, everything's fine. The police are here. The ambulances are here. Everything's fine. But then obviously it's not. Yeah. And then she steals the ambulance to drive off to really finish him off. Yeah, yeah, because they think he's dead. I mean, I don't know why they haven't checked his vital signs at this stage. Like, it's always sort of hinted at that he might be supernatural, but we're supposed to believe that he is a man at the end of the day, isn't he? Like, he will have a pulse if he's still alive. Uh, Anyway, he's been zipped up in a body bag and she gets in the morgue mobile and and starts driving him out with the idea of, of finishing him off once and for all and... Lo and behold, he does, as with all horror movies, the villain always comes back at the end for one last scare. Mm. He gets up, unzips himself from the body bag. They have a bit of a tussle in the van. He goes through the windscreen, car crash, and he gets pinned against a tree between the van, doesn't he? And then they have the final uh, stare down. Because he's in this continuity, he's still her brother, isn't he? Which is something that was introduced in Halloween 2, but again has been retconned for the new one. Oh, was it? I I can't remember, because... Yeah, I forgot, yeah, yeah. I forgot about the whole brother thing. Yeah, yeah. So in the new David Gordon Green version, he's not her brother. He was just a psycho who killed some of her right, friends right, on, right. Yeah, Halloween. on Halloween. But yeah, he's in this one, he's her brother, and they have like they. He's almost pleading with her to to save him, yeah, and then she. There is a moment, isn't there? And yeah, then uh, yeah. yeah, and then she just she she ignores all that and just chops his head off. <laughs> yeah. Which is ace. Which like, is really good. I remember yeah. watching I love that originally. That whole bit. Yeah, yeah. I love that whole bit from when she decides to go back into the school and take him on. Like, it's proper, like, she goes, like, full Ripley on him, basically, and takes the fight to him. And, like, yeah. there's the sequence in the, uh, in the canteen where he's sort of striding across tables as she's rolling around underneath them and then there's the bit in the kitchen where he where she goes in his favorite drawer with all the knives yeah. in there. he's like i'll come and kill you in a minute it's just you've got an erection michael like, <laughs> no no it's the plead on this boiler suit it's the plead. i need to take it back to the boiler suit store <laughs> <laughs> and she starts coughing knives at him but yeah yeah i love all that at the end when she becomes properly empowered and and just Goes full revenge on him, basically for everything that yeah. he's done to her over the past, over the uh, what he's turned her into and the suffering that he's put her through. And then, yeah, she she chops his head off, and that's, that's it. it. Credit Bosh, rolls, credits. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no there's no going back to the back to her son. Where it's just credits roll. Like she she's she's won. We touched on the the new one. 
you know, that did say sort of take from this as well that you know she's a bit of a badass. She, you know, it's the yeah, same, yeah, yeah. It's the same Laurie Strode in this one, isn't it? As the as the new one, maybe you know, twenty years younger version of because when was this ninety eight? Yeah, so yeah, ninety eight. Yeah. yeah, around twenty twenty years. Um, yeah, and it's just a nice tidy tidy little movie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a really tight slasher movie, which you know has a. It basically has a cold open where we establish that there's a psycho killer. Yeah. You know, 40 minutes or so of getting to know the characters and catching up with Laurie and where she's up to in her life. And then half an hour of absolute bedlam towards yeah. the end as, and a lot of fan service. And yeah, it just really cracks along with them. Yeah. Bosh, 83 minutes, you're in and yeah. out. Done. I've like, you know, th- yeah, that last 20 minutes is like everyone's like rubbing their hands, go, right, this is what I came for. Yeah, sort yeah. Of, sort of thing. And it's all really well executed, that that part of the film, I think. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah. So what was your what was your favourite bit? My favourite bit is, I've sort of already touched on it, is uh, Laurie getting the kids to safety, grabbing the axe and calling Michael out to throw down as the iconic Halloween theme comes up. Yeah. Underneath, <laughs> and she goes storming back up to the prep school to take him on, uh, and then just like like the sequence in there where just before she throws him off the balcony, like like she's like stabbing him and chucking knives at him and everything like that. I thought I really like that. I thought that yeah. was I thought that was ace. What she's, about you? She's such a badass, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, yeah. My my favorite bit is quite early on when um, Laurie's in the town just before it's wine o'clock. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she she's in the high street. She looks. She's she gets scared by some kids, and then she looks in the in a shop window and she sees a reflection. Michael Myers just comes into shot as a reflection, and she shits it. And as she spins round, the camera whips around, but it it reveals um her fella, her new fella. But I just love that old classic camera trick, which just never gets old. You know that like yeah. whip where it's like a, a sneaky cut in there, where um. You know, it's clearly two different shots put into one, but it's done yeah, so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I know which bit you mean. It's yeah. really good. I just think, like, I love that like camera trick. Edgar Wright loves that stuff. And then, um, yeah. you know, especially if it's done right, it's just never going to get old. And I just, yeah. And, and this is an example of it being done really, really right. And yeah, I love that bit. I thought it was great. Yeah, excellent. So would you put this up for reconsideration, Simon? Uh, you know what, James? I'm going to say yeah. Um, yeah. sp- tis the season and all <laughs> uh, it's not it's not exactly scary so it's a pretty safe movie for those with a nervous disposition like myself um, <laughs> yeah and it's but it's pretty fun and it feels it feels like part of a time capsule of of the late 90s yeah definitely as you know we, we briefly touched on like 1998 was such an interesting year for this like slasher revival well around that sort of period 96 97 98. So your screams, your faculties, urban legends, the I know urban legend, yeah. yeah, I know what you did last summer films, <laughs> all sort of came out of this scream thing in nineteen ninety six, which was a mate quality film when that came out, and they all rode that wave in in tone. But just to touch on why it sort of failed with audiences again, sorry to just like uh, bring this round, but uh, ninety eight was also the year of Ringu, or the Ring oh, as it's known yeah, in the yeah, West. Yeah. And that was probably that was a massive game changer in terms of horror, as rather than you well, sort so of that became a real trend. That didn't yeah. it? J horror remakes, particularly yeah, yeah. in the mainstream. Yeah. And and rather than a knife wielding murderers villains, we saw sort more sort of cerebral paranormal stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that well person scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Oh god, it's 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 horrendous. <laughs> and then 
<laughs> you know, and then in terms of the US, so obviously that was big around the world, Ring was. But then in terms of the US, a seismic shift over there in terms of horror movies was a year after this, the Blair Witch Project came out. So that was like, that completely changed horror movies again, you know, with the whole found footage thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like this is a really good pocket of horror in 1998 and it's at the end it's like in its sort of twilight yeah um, of the slasher revival of the 90s exactly yeah yeah and i, I just think it'll do really well and it's, it's one of the stronger halloween sequels and i think it'd be great sat in a nice marathon with one <laughs> two then watch this and then yeah. e- even though the new one does retcon this one watch that as well to get a sort of alternate version of it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think that's a really good Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween marathon of movies to watch. I think it sit, it sits really well in, in those films. Yeah, no, I, I'd absolutely agree with all of that, Simon. So, yeah, as you say, I mean, because it's no longer part of the continuity, I think you can watch this one without uh, any prior knowledge of... It sort of fills in the gaps for you. Yeah, and it's it does, easy enough yeah. to follow... Obviously, you get more out of it if you've seen the original. And it's I so ingrained absolutely... in pop culture, though, isn't it? As well, like yeah, Michael, exactly, so you kind yeah. of you know who he is, don't you? Yeah, and I mean, if you haven't seen the original, you absolutely must. It's it's a phenomenal film, and I th- I watched it not too long ago, actually, probably last year before the new one came out, and it still holds up. I still found it really, really effective. So I'd recommend that. And yeah, this is a real good capper to that particular. So what, as you say, one, two, and then this one, it caps off that Laurie Strode story before they mm. then retconned it. But um, yeah, I think it's it's really lean. It moves at a decent clip, and there's uh, the last thirty minutes are an absolute hoot, mm. particularly when Laurie takes the fight to Michael. As I sort of said, it's not a patch on the Carpenter original, but few. Uh, slasher films are considering he sort of invented the genre but certainly one of the stronger sequels in this series i think jamie lee is really good in it the writing's good it has that sort of scream-esque wisecracking teenagers sort of zipping dialogue and the characters are fun enough and you know it's not a demanding watch i think it's a fun movie to be perfectly honest, yeah. and that's what I would say. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch if you're interested in this franchise and interested in the slasher genre. And as Simon said, it's not too scary. So if you're just looking for something that isn't going to give you nightmares, this is probably a good way yeah. to, to... This is a good movie to go with. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, 100%. No, it's good. It's definitely better than the the crappy reviews it got, I think. I think it um, yeah. maybe was a victim of being at the end of a... Uh, of a way of a cycle yeah yeah um so in hindsight it's, it's, it's good to look back on it i think so yeah um i think that's your lot this week then um hopefully rob will be back to his best next week so get well yeah. soon buddy the swelling is balls <laughs> in the meantime uh you can get in touch with on the old twitters at fyr film pod or if you've got any suggestions for movies we could feature or fancy featuring on the pod yourself uh please get in touch via email on reconsiderpod at gmail.com uh, so that's a ta for now from James. Bye-bye. And a bye from me. I hope the listeners haven't completely deserted us after, <laughs> after that one. <laughs>